and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is, and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible, and references will be given after the stories. This first week, there's an episode every day. For this first episode, I'm looking at stories of spontaneous human combustion. I have five stories to tell, and then I'll look at some of the possible causes of this phenomenon. In 1673, Thomas Bartholin recorded a case of spontaneous human combustion. In Paris, a woman mysteriously burned to death during the night after falling asleep on her straw pallet. It's said that she was a heavy drinker, which could have caused her to burn up in the night. When she was discovered in the morning, her body had been reduced to ashes, except for her fingertips. In a journal dated 1776, Dr. Battaglia reported a case of spontaneous human combustion in a priest called Don Gio Maria Bartoli. According to the doctor, Bartoli had been traveling through Italy and had stopped at his brother-in-law's home to stay the night. As a devout priest, he had asked for a handkerchief to put between his shirt and shoulders so he could prevent any discomfort from his horsehair shirt during his prayers. He was left alone to pray, but the house was alerted to the sound of Batoli's agonised cries. When they rushed to the room, they found Batoli on the floor, surrounded by a fire that went out as soon as they approached. Dr. Battaglia attended Batoli the next morning. In his journal, he described the injuries sustained by Batoli. From his shoulders to his thighs, the skin was severely damaged described as hanging from the bone. His right hand was the worst affected and putrefying already. He also suffered from convulsions and complained of a burning thirst, as well as vomiting, fever and delirium. On the fourth day, Batoli died. When the doctor first attended the priest, Batoli said he had felt like he had been hit on the hand and saw a flame attached to his shirt. Although he sustained major burns from the fire, his trousers, cuffs and hair were untouched. His cap and shirt had been reduced to ashes, but the handkerchief was also fine. The oil lamp that had lit the room had used all of its oil and the wick was completely used up. In 1885, near Ottawa, Illinois, the Rooney family and their hired hand, John Larson, were celebrating Christmas Eve with a bottle of whiskey. Larson had a few drinks and went upstairs to bed, as did the Rooney's son. In the morning, Larson returned to the kitchen to perform his chores. Trying to light the stove, he tried to strike a match on it, but found it to be completely covered in greasy soot. After lighting the match on his thumbnail and lighting a lamp, he found Mr. Rooney sitting dead in his chair with no sign of Mrs. Rooney. Larson left to get the Rooney's son, John, 
to tell him of the news. They both returned to the farm to find the body of Mrs. Rooney. A three foot by four foot hole in the floor is where they found what was left of her. In the hole were a burnt piece of skull, a charred vertebrae, a foot and a small pile of ashes. Nothing else in the room was damaged, apart from the corner of the tablecloth which hung over the hole. The police were called and discovered that the soot from the blaze had outlined Larson's head on his pillow and he was put on trial. Mrs Rooney's death was ruled an accident by the jury who could not reach a verdict and Mr Rooney was said to have asphyxiated from the fumes. In 1905, near Southampton, England, the neighbours of Mr and Mrs Kiley heard a scratching noise coming from the Kiley's house. When they entered, they discovered the house was on fire. Mr Kiley was ablaze on the floor and Mrs Kiley was in a chair in the same room. She was charred but recognisable. Investigators noted an overturned table and an oil lamp smashed on the floor but couldn't see how the lamp could cause the fire. The chair that Mrs Kylie was on was also unscathed too. The deaths were ruled accidental. In the 1950s, Maybell Andrews was out dancing with her boyfriend, Billy Clifford, when she burst into flames. The fire burned from her back and chest, engulfing her hair. Even though people tried to put the flames out, Maybell died on the way to the hospital. When questioned, Billy said he had seen nobody smoking on the dance floor and no candles. From what he saw, the flames burst outwards, as if they were coming from inside her. Now you've heard the stories, let's talk about spontaneous human combustion. Firstly, as you can tell from the stories, it's not a new occurrence. It's been written about in literature since the novel Violent by Charles Brockton Brown, way back in 1798. The most notable novel containing human combustion is Bleak House by Charles Dickens, which was criticised as unscientific and superstitious. Dickens cited documented cases of human combustion, defending the very real phenomenon. In the year 2000, Grome, Levine, Carotray, Grossland Grome and Dabadee from the Central Teaching University Hospital in Bordeaux, France, investigated spontaneous human combustion. During their investigation, they found some common features reported in other investigations into the phenomenon. They report that the common features are an intense combustion limited to only certain parts of the body in most cases, an outflow of liquefied body fat, a low intensity heat source in close proximity, the preservation of surroundings in contrast to the intensity of the burning body, and a lack of witnesses during the initial combustion. But what could cause human combustion? Well, there's a few theories that have explanations. In the 17th and 18th centuries, 
It was explained away as just divine retribution for drunkards. However, in the 19th century, scientific advances made it easier for people to look for something a little more mundane to explain it. Scientists of the time came up with a list of possible causes that, alone or together, could cause someone to combust. They suggested intestinal gases which are flammable, cadaver gases which are also flammable, haystacks and compost heaps building up enough heat to cause combustion, the element phosphorus and other flammable elements and compounds which exist in the human body coming into contact with the air and combusting. Inert chemicals in the body combining to form explosive substances. Fats and oils being very good fuel and a part of the human body being exposed to a source of fire. Static electricity setting the body on fire. And my favourite one, that the luminescence of some insects and fish proves the possibility of some kind of internal fire. The 2000 study also talked about the theory behind it. They suggest that although the body can burn by combustion of its own fat, the combustion itself is not actually spontaneous. In almost all cases, there's an external source of combustion, like a candle or a lamp. They even tested the theory using a test tube wrapped in human fat, skin and layers of cloth. The results suggested that although a normal flame isn't hot enough to burn human fat, the composition of the blaze itself acts like a candle. The clothes act as a wick, soaking in the liquid fat and keeping the temperature high enough to continue the fire. All of these theories explain a lot of the phenomenon away. However, the case of Maybell Andrews igniting on a dance floor doesn't line up with the theory. According to the reports, there were no external sources of fire and people did see her combust. Personally, I think that although the theory from the 2000 study works for most of the cases we heard today, we still haven't quite explained the phenomenon scientifically. Perhaps it will remain unexplained for now. Who knows? I certainly don't. All stories from today's episode came from the 1982 Reader's Digest book, Mysteries of the Unexplained, pages 80 to 93. The list of possible causes from the 17th, 18th and 19th century also came from the 1982 Reader's Digest book, Mysteries of the Unknown. The 2000 study was found using Google Scholar, which is where I get all of my academic sources. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, you can currently find me on Facebook at What The Heck Mystery Podcast, Instagram at WT Heck Podcast, and you can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Watch The Heck Podcast. Currently, there are no tiers to the Patreon, but once the ball starts rolling, there will be tiers with extra special things for you. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you for the next episode.